Hi, this is Charlotte. And this is Rachel. Before we get started with the show, we just want to say thank you to the three people who are listening to our podcast. Oh, come on, Rachel. You got to give us more credit than that. There are at least seven people who downloaded the podcast. Anyhow, we're pretty new to this whole podcasting thing, and that means we're still figuring out lots of stuff. Sometimes our audio might sound weird. We might cough and say, um, a lot. You'll hear the dog barking. Regardless, we appreciate your support as we embark on this journey, and thank you for listening. Besides listening to the show, one of the best ways to show your support is to subscribe to our podcast through your favorite listening app. You can also support us by giving us a good rating or leaving a review on iTunes. And you can definitely share our podcast with other people. So thanks for that. You can also listen to our podcast through our website, boundforjustice.com. So this show is all about race and race relations. And we take these topics seriously, but we try not to take ourselves too seriously. Yes, we want this to be a conversation that is thought-provoking, but we also want it to be fun to listen to. So don't worry, it's okay to laugh, and it's okay to feel a little uncomfortable too. We're all on this journey together. And since we're in this together, we want to hear from you. You can send us your comments, questions, and suggestions by email to boundforjustice at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to Bound for Justice, your weekly podcast that explores race, reconciliation, and social justice, one book at a time. Join us for a candid discussion about taking steps to create change in our lives and the communities we live in. And now your hosts, Rachel Rosman and Charlotte Wilson. Okay, so I've started recording. I've pressed the record button. Uh, Fact of the matter is, this is the first time we're doing this. Truth is, we're not 100% sure exactly what we're doing, but we know we want to do something. So we're starting from here. You're the brains of the operation. I, I'll call myself the initiator. I think we both have the brains. And I want to say thank you to Rachel for <clears throat> coming along for the ride and being white. <laughs> and being white. My name is Charlotte Wilson, and I'm just a Midwest biracial woman who lives in central Ohio and is really interested in having a conversation about race and I'm not just race, but racism and what it's going to take or the things that I can do and the conversations that I can have that are going to move the move progress forward and make a difference and make a change. And I guess do my little bit for healing what I would consider a pretty significant racial divide that still exists in the United States. Just a little bit of background about why we're doing this podcast in the first place. That's that's a big part of it. I felt like there had to be a place and an opportunity for building a platform and creating a conversation with lots of different people. There were lots of things that have been in my, on my mind for the for many years, but I think in particular over the last two years, as you know, quite frankly, things have changed significantly. I think in our in our nation, I think we've had some realizations politically as things have changed. So I really wanted to have a conversation uh, about how I'm feeling and really cr- create a dialogue with lots of people. But I felt like it wasn't something I wanted to do by myself. I didn't really think that made a lot of sense. I'm biracial. When people look at me, they think of me as black. But I know I only carry one perspective and there's only there are only certain things that I can do. And I really feel like there's a lot that has to happen when we we as a country connect with one another across 
the racial divide, which includes in, uh, creating a conversation that includes not only black people or African-Americans or um, underrepresented minorities, but also include their white allies and the people who start to get it and people who, who do live in that majority but understand what's going on in this country and will be part of the solution. Um, so that's part of the reason why I asked Rachel if she would be sort of a co-conspirator with me in this podcast. Quite frankly, I thought about all the people I knew that were white. There weren't very many that I thought really got it. And in my opinion, Rachel's someone, based upon the conversations that we had, she gets it. So thanks, Rachel, for yeah. being a part of this. Excellent. Thanks. I appreciate being the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> Down to the bottom of all your friends. I'm um, going to call you the cream of the crop. <laughs> no, for real. Seriously. Um, I mean, I... I, I and you might feel differently, but I, I really do feel like there are so many people who don't necessarily take the time to think about to think about these things and actually do something about it. And I mean, to your credit, you are doing something about it. And I think you you have you have a unique perspective um, that I think is very much needed in the conversation. Because I'm hoping to get from this like a I think that I don't always reflect on things as well. I kind of consider myself very woke about things and very aware, but I think it'll be good for me to maybe have that thrown back at me a little bit to where it gives me different perspectives that I haven't thought about, which I have already done with our current read. So my goal is to kind of take in different perspectives, see where my um, weaknesses might be and try to develop that and just take in, um, more, just more knowledge, more information, how I can use that to benefit myself since I do work at a school district. So I think that's a perfect uh, segue for us to maybe talk a little bit about our backgrounds and um, sort of the perspective perspective that we bring to the conversation <clears throat> in terms of who we are. So I think I already mentioned I'm you know a mid 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 career biracial woman who works in a professional career. And I've been doing this for 20 years. I work in a very typical professional office environment. I think the one advantage I have is that I work in an academic environment, which lends itself, I think, to a slightly liberal bent that, you know, that's But that's been recent. Uh, I've spent the majority of my career in private um, and or nonprofit organizations that didn't necessarily support diversity and, you know, I've, I've dealt with a myriad of situations as a, as a black person and as a black woman that have been very challenging. So I think I've got a lot of experience to pull from from that perspective. But again, I, I tend to be, quite frankly, one of a few black people represented within my department. We have a significant, from my perspective, based upon past experience, we have a significant number of of um, people of color within our organization, primarily because we work in an academic institution and there's a specific effort made towards representation for minorities as well as including women. But, you know, re regardless of that, I would say the environment and the culture is still very much one that is driven, you know, it's driven by, it's, it's a white culture. And so I find myself in very interesting situations where you know, I am a, I am one of a few people of color and, you know, in a predominantly white environment. And it's always an interesting place to gather observations and reflect on, on you know, where you feel uncomfortable and, per, and perhaps also where you have an opportunity to exert some influence, too. I grew up in a predominantly white town. 
and I still live in, I would say, a predominantly white town, but I work in a school that is, one of my schools is 94% African-American or black. And I've, I don't know, I've, I've guess it as growing up, I've never had anybody, like my parents were never ever um, seemingly racist about anything. They're always very accepting, always very open to other races, but there was never any challenge. Like there weren't really friend, people in town that were black. <laughs> and so they were open to everything, but I never really had any reason to think about it, I guess. Now I'm in a predominantly black school um, in a very large district. I work in, with high schools. And so you know, I think I'm just, I'm, I'm seeing a different view. I think I've had a lot of my previous views challenged. My perspectives are very different now. Right. Okay, so... When we originally started talking about this, one of the things that we were trying to figure out, and I think, you know, it's, I think, I think, Rachel, you would agree with this. It feels really overwhelming sometimes. It feels like so much, especially if you are, you know, reading the news, watching the news, um, having conversations or being part of interactions that don't go as well as you want them to. It can feel incredibly overwhelming to figure out where do I even start? How can I, as a single person who has, you know, a job to go to and kids to take care of and other responsibilities to meet, how in the world am I going to possibly do something that's actually going to make a difference? It's actually going to change the conversation or that's going to plant that seed that's going to make a difference for somebody else in the future. And, and even as we started the conversation about let's, you know, let's have a podcast, let's create this conversation, let's, let's create an opportunity for people to, to figure this out and sort of progress along with us as we, you know, attempt to affect change and affect the, the way that people are thinking about things and um, their, their, their potential and the things that they can do. It does feel daunting and overwhelming. And uh, Rachel, one of the things that we talked about was just starting with a book. Let's mm -hmm. read a book. Um, so guess what? We're reading some books. We're reading some books and we're using this as a starting point for reflection and an opportunity for action. And so that's what Rachel and I started to do. We made a list. We made a list of all the books that we thought we might want to talk about or that might be worth reading. And then, you know, we're just we're chipping away at reading some books. And I think a lot of what you'll hear over the coming weeks will be conversations about books. We're just going to talk. And then, you know, I think as the conversation progresses, you'll, you know, you'll hear other reflections, but we felt like that was a really good, safe place to start um, by, by being, allowing ourselves to be led by, by authors and people who've spent some time in either the, you know, the movement towards racial equality or have had their own personal experiences that will give us an opportunity to understand and reflect on where other folks are coming from. No, I think we got like... As we'd read books, then I would start looking at other books or I'd look at the reference lists of those books and start writing down other things. So I th and I think that with some of the stuff that we've read, without any spoilers, some of the books made me a little bit uncomfortable. And so I and I would almost not want to read them. And then I thought, this is exactly life. Like I'm not if something makes me uncomfortable, I'm just going to avoid it. And so we really need to get through this. And so I think that in the in the book world, I probably need to look outside my comfort zone a little bit more often, because if I'm only taking in my own perspective, then right. it's not really a learning experience. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's so much out there. Yeah. So that was overwhelming. And I go ahead. So I'm just wondering, can you say a little bit more about that? Like feeling uncomfortable? There was a specific book that we read 
that was very, it started out very anti-white women. I, that's how I perceived it as being. And I was very uncomfortable reading it. And I thought, I actually told a friend of mine, I said, this makes me so uncomfortable reading this book. This person doesn't like me. This person is never going to like me because I'm a white woman and she's making that judgment call. And he said, oh my gosh, what would that be like? Like somebody judging you based on your appearance. How would you even deal? And I was like, (laughs) I was like, okay, fair enough. I can't believe I didn't think that through more before I made that statement. He's like, wow, that'd be that'd be so tough. I mean, nothing you can do will make them appreciate you more or like you or how could somebody live that way? And so I think that um, as I was reading the book, then I was like, well, I've really got to read this because this is this person's truth. And this is what they're they're trying to get their point across. And by me not reading something because it makes me uncomfortable, it is perpetuating that idea mm-hmm. that I don't need this because it makes me uncomfortable or this isn't as important because I don't like the way it sounds. It doesn't blend with what I think. And, you know, I'm clearly, clearly woke. Mm-hmm. And so I, if I don't like something, it's, it's not worth my time. It's not worth anybody's time. And, and I think that that was very reflective of me being like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I don't want to hear this, but I need to hear this. And, and I think in the world in general, we get caught up in that idea with, okay, this is making me uncomfortable. Let me move on to something else. I and, totally agree with you. And so I think that, which is what we're trying to, what we're trying to address. So if we're not able to do that, right. what's that say for anybody well, else? And that's kind of the whole point. I mean, we are, we are forcing ourselves into a situation that's uncomfortable. We are purposely creating discomfort, mm-hmm. which... I think I would agree with you in general, we as a society, we're pretty much looking for comfort. You know, who wants to seek out opportunities to feel uncomfortable, especially when so many of us on a daily basis, (laughs) that's what you're dealing with. So why do I want to do that in my free time? And I think that that's a fair, I do think there's, that's a fair argument. I think that's probably something that, that, you know, through the course of the conversations that we have in coming weeks that we need to think about what does it mean to purposely force yourself to become uncomfortable and what's the benefit in that. And, you know, I, I guess that's the thing that I think about too, like what, what's beyond that. So I'm uncomfortable. I don't like this right now. This is challenging me. It's forcing me to think differently, but is there something better beyond? Right. I I had a coworker who told me that he's, he said, you've got a lot of good ideas about stuff, but once somebody doesn't go right along with it or get right behind it, then you drop it right away. And he was like, you need to keep going. Like, don't stop when something's uncomfortable. If you think it's a good idea, push through and get onto the, keep going with it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's my immediate response to something that's uncomfortable or difficult. I just like, okay, well, I guess it must be a bad idea. Nobody's ever done it before. So I'll just go ahead and quit here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I need to also keep sure, pushing. Yeah. Keep yeah, going keep through. Pushing. Thank you for listening to Bound for Justice. Join us next week for another conversation about creating change in our lives and the communities we live in.